This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And the first pitch. Albert launches one. Deep left center. It's at the wall. Welcome to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast with me, Mandy Bell, Guardians beat reporter for MLB.com and Sarah Lang's researcher and reporter for MLB.com as well. And Sarah, there is, oh my goodness, way too much to get into this week because of the Little League Classic. I, I'm sitting here just like itching to just get further in the show just so we can get to the point where we're talking about Little League Classic because it's, I, I've said it so many times on social media, um, it is just by far the best event ever, anywhere, any sport, anything ever. I could go on and on and on about it. And we will later. Don't worry. I got to just bottle it all up and pretend like I'm not thinking ahead. Um, but we have so much to talk about with that. We have Albert Pujols. I don't know what year it is, but Albert Pujols is stealing all the headlines yet again. Um, flashback to my childhood. And uh, I have a picture that I got to see firsthand, someone who's flying under the radar. There's so many fun things going on right now that we're going to get into we'll just start with Pujols because I feel like he deserves that respect and we'll we'll get to the Little League Classic I'll bite my tongue but Sarah what what in the world what year is it what are we doing right now I mean so over the weekend he hit two homers on Saturday to bring him to 692 career home runs and during the year there was no way that I thought I would be sending emails preparing for a potential 700. And yet here we are. And the whole reason that all this is happening is something that our uh, co-podcast host, Mike Petriello, noted on Twitter the other day. The Cardinals are just using him correctly. He is only, almost entirely, exclusively hitting against lefties. So Mike tweeted out his percentage of plate appearances that have come against left-handed pitchers uh, by month this year. So in April, it was 49%. In May, it was 28%. In June, 38%. July, 38%. And as of today, in August, 75% of his plate appearances have been against lefties. Literally three quarters, the easiest percentage ever, 75%. And this is why it is working, but it is crazy. So I was just looking at his baseball reference page. And because of being deployed correctly, he's slashing 273, 348, 515. He is a 146% OPS+. That means he is 46% better than league average. The last time he had an OPS plus that high for a season was 2011. That's (laughs) his last year in St. Louis. I mean, this is unlike the pool holes that we ever saw in an Angels uniform. Oh my gosh, absolutely, without a doubt. This is this is fun. I mean, especially for me, for us, like you think back, like this was the player who had every headline in our childhood. And it's so cool because it's like a flashback a little bit there where I'm looking back then it wasn't Twitter, but like right now I'm looking at Twitter. I'm like, pool holes, pool holes, pool holes. And I'm thinking, 
my gosh, this is like when I was little and I would stay up to watch like SportsCenter and I'm watching and seeing how everything's about Albert Pujols and how great he is and how he's on the cover of every video game that I have for baseball and how all my friends have Pujols jerseys. And like, it just seems so crazy to think that we're still now it's 2022. I'm in my mid 20s and I'm sitting here talking about Albert Pujols being one of the best players in the game right now. And it's just unbelievable to think of how evergreen he is in a way because I know he's had his struggles I know he's not the player that he was back in the 2000s I get that but like to see that he still has this in him to see that he's still kind of superhuman in a way where it doesn't matter how old he is he can still get it done um I think it's really cool and I think it goes back to our theory that we talked about when we were out in LA that the home run derby doesn't hurt people it can only really help here and I think we're starting to see it because he had his show and now he's putting on a show in the regular season yes you know uh Anthony Ducoma was tweeting the other day about how good Pete Alonso has been even though he had a bit of a home run drought overall he's been really good and how hopefully that will finally put to rest the idea of a home run derby jinx or you know the fact that you're going to regress whatever it is Albert Pools is a hundred percent another piece of evidence to the favor there and you know I mean it's so funny because it feels like it's just it's so simple what the Cardinals are doing everyone knew he could still hit lefties when the Angels you know uh, release him from his contract last year people are saying oh would anyone pick him up you know before the Dodgers did and so many people were going around on these shows talking wherever and saying well he can still hit lefties and you just need a team to really take that to heart and the dodgers did it and now the cardinals do and i mean you know to that point he's hitting 186 against righties like those plate appearances are not going well This is not to say that this is peak pools, but when he's facing lefties, 388, he's slugging 777 (laughs) against lefties. His OPS plus just against lefties is 231. That's 131% better than league average. So it's just great to see. And to your point, I mean, this is a player who we think of from our childhood, you know, who was so good. And it's funny because I was with my mother on Saturday when he hit that first homer. And then I was in another room. And when he hit the second one, she's yelling, he hit another, he hit another. And I just kind of had flashbacks to like the Barry Bonds days and you know being a kid and us really tracking those home runs in that way oh for sure and i think like how you said it like they're figuring out how to use him correctly and i think it's very very clear you think about what you said his slash line is against righties right now and how it's less than ideal it's it's bad and it's not great but you see what he's done in his last nine games i mean he's hitting over 550 And so if you're hitting that well, it's very clear that your team is starting to figure out the best situations to put you in. And it's working. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's working. And it's really fun to see how this type of a player, this type of a legend can still be effective at 42 years old and still be put to use and still be benefiting his team when they're figuring out the way that he can still be successful. So um, this is so fun. I mean, I don't know how many more times you can talk about Albert Pujols in the future. So this is really cool to be able to say like, he's still incredible. And that's, that's just, that's uh, the inner child in me is like, okay, this is like full circle right now. This is really, really neat. So um, that's been fun to watch the past month, the past couple of weeks, whatever it's been since the all-star break. Um, but I mean, 
he's stolen like all of these headlines now it seems like in the last couple days and the last couple weeks as he started to heat up a little bit more but there's guys like I think I said it at the top of the show like Johnny Cueto who sort of has flown under the radar a little bit more I know when the White Sox came into Cleveland this past week I knew Cueto was putting together some solid starts was really pitching well, but I wasn't really thinking that he was as dominant or on fire as he actually is until I watched Cleveland, who is, as we record this, in first place of the division and has been relatively decent offensively this year, to see them get absolutely just shut down by him. He pitched into the ninth inning, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, we kind of need to be paying attention to this guy (laughs) he has been so good for this White Sox team so he debuted for them on May 16th and since then he has a 258 ERA he's thrown 118 two-thirds innings I mean I'm just looking back and the last time he's only thrown uh, fewer than six innings twice this year He threw five and a third on June 23rd, and he threw five on June 12th. His last few starts, eight and two-thirds in Cleveland, eight innings against the Astros, who are really good, by the way, six (laughs) innings against the Royals, eight innings at the Rangers. I mean, he has really steadied this rotation. And in a day where, I mean, as of us recording right now, Michael Kopech just suffered an injury for the White Sox in the first inning of their game. They're playing the Royals. They have been able to hang around in a division race that most people gave them at the beginning of the year. Nobody thought the Twins or the Guardians were going to do what they're doing. And the White Sox are in third place, but they're two and a half games out. It's going to come down to a lot of intra-divisional play with these three teams. But I think a lot of the fact that they are still there is attributed to Cueto, who also kind of called out the team a couple weeks ago, said that he wanted to see more fire from them. And I mean... You know, just anecdotally and tangentially, my mother is a huge Giants fan, as I mentioned. She loves Johnny Cueto. He is one of those players where when he is on your team, he is so much fun with the shimmying and his Instagram, if you're familiar with his horses and everything. And all year, she's been saying, why didn't the Giants sign him? It was a minor league deal. Why don't the Giants have Cueto? And you do see, you know, what she's talking about in an actual stat sheet with the fact that he's been so crucial for this team. Yeah, you sort of hit on where I was going next. Like, yes, this was the team that everyone just predetermined was going to win the Central um, at the beginning of the year. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, a couple weeks ago, I was thinking this is going to be Cleveland and Minnesota and Chicago's just going to fall out of it. Um I think it was the last time that I was in Chicago last month when I was thinking this. I'm like, this this team doesn't this team does not seem to be working on all cylinders. It just seems like there's a bad vibe going on in that clubhouse. It just doesn't seem like something that they're gonna be able to hang around. And all of a sudden they come back to Cleveland and I'm like, wait, they're still here. This series is crucial for Cleveland if they want to keep trying to establish that they're gonna be staying at the top of the division. And this is way closer than I expected it to be because I thought it was going to just be Minnesota and Cleveland. And you look at this, like you said, I think Cueto is like the root of this. Not only is he just the leader of the team, but you have him putting up the numbers that he's putting up and it's against teams who are contenders. I mean, to do what he did, giving up one earned run in eight innings against the Astros, that's it's no easy task. Um, that's that's a that's a difficult lineup to try to face and to navigate. And so, I really think that he's sort of at the root of them hanging on. Uh, there's obviously a lot of factors going into it. You you can't ever win in baseball with just one guy, especially a a starter who's only going every fifth day. But 
Um, I, I really think that he's in the, the root of their success right now of at least just hanging on. I mean, I don't know if you can talk about tremendous success coming out of the AL Central this year at all, but like it's at least they're hanging on and they're doing better than what most of us who watch the Central day in and day out assumed a month ago after thinking they would just run away with it. So I, I really do think that he's doing a lot more than people realize. I think he's he's really keeping his team in it right now. And I think it's going to come down to a three-way foot race at the end of this season, which whether it's the most exciting division or not, I think that's going to be fun regardless because everyone loves close races. It, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It's fun when those final games really, really matter and everyone's playing to just get in. So I think this could be an exciting finish for this division absolutely I mean you know to your point it doesn't have to be the Giants and Dodgers last year fighting it out with a hundred plus wins each even if it's teams that are you know above 500 but not notably so if it's a race it's a race but I do want to go back to Quato a little bit because we do need to make sure that everybody listening understands the full Johnny Cueto experience. So I kind of made reference to this before. But if you're not familiar, if you haven't been following his career or his career lately, you should know that he is the most baffling pitcher if you look at his StatCast page. He has a 15% strikeout rate. When we talk about pitchers to dominate a team like the Astros, they're usually teams, uh, pitchers, excuse me, with like a 30% strikeout rate. The league average is 22, 15.3% for him. And if you just look at some of his percentile rankings, he's in the first percentile in whiff rate. That means he basically does not get swings and misses. Fastball velocity, 12th percentile. Extension, 4th percentile. So he's not really, you know, reaching out very far when he throws the ball. None of this really says, hey, he should be so good. But he doesn't walk, guys. He has a very high chase rate and He doesn't allow a lot of hard contact. So he does allow contact, but it isn't very hard. So even if we look at like his expected ERA, it's 374. So it is more than a run higher than his actual ERA, but that's still a number you would be perfectly fine with if you're the White Sox. So, I mean, I just want to give the guy credit. You don't see a lot of guys with a 15% strikeout rate in 2022 carrying a team the way we're saying. He is about the funkiest delivery of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing is ever repeated when whatever he's doing. And I think Tito said it best. Um, Terry Francona, the manager of the Guardians, said going into it is that he's Oliver Perez, but right-handed. Yes. Um, like nothing's the same. You don't know what he's going to do. And so I know the first time Cleveland faced him this year, we started going around the clubhouse saying, does that throw you guys off? Is timing different? And everyone says, no. I mean, once once the actual wind up part of it or I, I don't know the exact word like when the release whenever he's going back to actually release all of that from the release point to the plate is the same so they're like no it doesn't but I mean maybe sometimes when you think it's about to start and actually get to that then we can maybe get thrown off but it seems like for batters it doesn't but from outsiders it seems like it would have to like he's doing like a whole dance before he even gets to it so um but it's it's fun to watch it's definitely different it's definitely unique um and so I, I, we both thought it was important to throw him on this podcast this week because he's sort of flying under the radar and how he's completely keeping this team together it seems like um but Sorry, Cueto. Sorry, Pujols. You don't really measure up to this next topic. So I think I'm good. Can move on from that so we can get to the uh, the part that I'm just dying to talk about. Literally classic, Sarah. My favorite thing ever. Um, I love it. I've said I love it. I think we talk about on here, baseball and kids are like my favorite thing ever. So this event is 
it's hard for my heart to just stay in one piece. It just sort of explodes whenever these things happen. So uh, we'll just get into that. We have a very special guest joining us when we come back to be able to talk about the Little League Classic because she was there. She was there firsthand and she was there for all of the important moments between big leaguers, little leaguers. Oh my gosh, I'm going to love this. So stay with us. You're going to want to hear all of it when we come back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast with me, Mandy Bell, Guardians beat reporter for MLB.com and the wonderful Sarah Langs, researcher and reporter for MLB.com as well. And Sarah, I'm not only excited just because we're getting into probably my favorite topic of all time. Um, I know we've always talked about how baseball in kids, there's literally no better mix for me. So getting into this topic is perfect, but um, I'm also excited because we're getting another guest this week. I like this little theme that we're in now of being able to talk to other people because we're probably pretty tired of talking to each other because that's what we do 24-7 anyway. So um, I know as soon as the Little League World Series rolled around, you're like, we absolutely need to get this person on the show. So Sarah, I know you were so excited about this. So I'll just let you introduce her since this was 100% your idea. And I'm so excited we have it. Yeah, so we are so excited to welcome the wonderful Sydney Wolf of the MLB social team to the podcast. She was at the Little League Classic last night getting all of the awesome footage you guys saw on MLB and cut for all across different platforms, captured that amazing moment between Dylan Tate and Jaron Lancaster, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And Sydney does an awesome job for MLB Social. So I just thought it would be great if we could get one of those people who puts that content together on here for us to chat with. And so Sydney, welcome. We, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It is a great honor to be on the same podcast <laughs> as the two of you. Oh my gosh. Well, that is too kind, but let's get right to it. So you were at the Little League Classic. You were in Williamsport. Had you ever been there before? I had not been to Williamsport before, so I didn't really know what to expect. And it was like driving into a movie set when we pulled in. Like everything is just decked out for the Little League World Series. Everything there is welcoming the Little Leaguers. And it was just such a very warm and inviting environment because you know everyone is there for the same reason and to support these kids that are playing in the Little League World Series. Sydney, I've, I've covered two of these now, and it's just the greatest event ever. I think I tried to put, get my point across in the intro of this, but, like, I couldn't love this more. Can you have, like, one highlight of the day? I feel like the whole day is just incredible, but is there a moment especially for you trying to come up with social content, was there one moment that stood out to you of just a big leaguer, little leaguer interaction or anything that happened throughout the day? Um, I think there were obviously many instances throughout the day of very awesome little leaguer and major league interactions. But one that was really cool was Kike Hernandez hanging out with the Puerto Rican team um, over at the Grove where they have like wiffle ball and other games set up. And it was just super cool to see him interacting with these kids, speaking Spanish, they're messing around. Like it was just such a very awesome experience because he was one of them in that time. Like he wasn't Kike Hernandez, like this awesome Boston Red Sox player. He was like Kike Hernandez member of team Puerto Rico like and I, I just like couldn't get over watching him interact with the kids and how smooth everything went and it was just like uh, awe-inspiring 
I saw one of the uh, videos you posted was him when he was playing with them on the little field, right? And he leaned into a pitch and kind of got hit by a pitch on purpose and was like messing with the pitcher. I mean, it's just so cool because these kids, I mean, for a lot of them, they haven't even been to an MLB game. You know, one of the kids, at least one, that was interviewed on the broadcast for Sunday Baseball last night talked about how this was the first time he'd ever been to a big league game. And I can remember when I was there for the first one in 2017, when Mandy and I were both there but didn't know each other yet uh, and didn't cross paths, but we were there. I can remember, you know, a lot of the kids saying that. And I just think it's such an amazing thing for your first MLB game to be in this small ballpark right up close. I mean, people are talking about how amazing it was that little leaguers were all in the seats right behind the plate. You know, when they started doing the wave, like I was legitimately concerned the pitchers might be distracted <laughs> because it's right there. But that's part of what's so amazing about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really cool that they only have the Little Leaguers there pretty much for the Little League Classic game. Um, it just really is such a fun environment there. Like the kids are dancing around, singing, they're screaming at the players the whole time. Like I give really give it to the players for how they handle like a million kids screaming at them. But it's definitely one of the coolest events I've ever been to. Uh, Sydney, Sarah and I have both been there at least once, but like is there a way for you to try to explain everything that happens from the minute that MLB gets there until they leave and everything that you experienced along with the big leaguers so that everyone listening can get a taste of what it's like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Luckily, it's pretty separated by location, so I can just think of like where I was and that'll be great. But um, first thing, we all go to the Williamsport Regional Airport um, and the kids greet the players off of the plane um so there was team indiana panama um australia and a team from massachusetts there to greet the red sox and the orioles off the plane and that's just really awesome because these kids are cheering for them coming off the plane they're exchanging hats they're exchanging their um like town pins they're getting autographs signed they're taking pictures and it's a lot of organized chaos but you just have to let the kids have it and it is like it was really cool like seeing the guys come off the plane and they were just as excited to talk to the kids it seemed as the kids were to talk to them and that is something I thought was really special because they I think the big leaguers get it they're like this is so awesome for these kids like not only are they playing in the Little League World Series but they're also like getting to hang out with guys that they look up to and stuff um so that was the first part of the day. And then we headed over to the Little League Complex, which was even more chaos. But I mean, what can you expect at an event that's surrounded by ages like 10 to 12? Um, but that was super cool. And that was also was just a ton more player and Little League interactions. Um, I think the coolest part there was definitely the hill. Like it sounds very cliche because that's like the thing at um, the Little League Complex. But watching these guys go down the hill and they just turn off being MLB players and they're fully little leaguers in that moment when they're sliding down the hill like Alex Cora went down at one point and he's screaming he's like going down super fast he's rolling off the cardboard and you just have to laugh because he's enjoying this probably more than the kids are at that point um so that definitely I think was the highlight of the little league complex was the hill like Everybody who went down had so much fun. Like Adley Rutschman went down with the kids a couple times too. And he is only like 24 years old, I think. But he was 14 again, I think, on that hill. Um, so just again, the interactions between the Little Leaguers and the players is really, really awesome at the complex. And again, these guys were so good with the kids too. Like they gave them the autographs. They gave them the selfies. They like talked to them as if they were their equals they didn't think they were too good to be there or anything and it just was such a really special thing to be able to watch um and then the last part of the day is the actual little league classic and so um 
that's just a lot of that's kind of like a regular game but there's a more little league element to it just because the stands is all little league kids um so you're all you're hearing in cheers is like children screaming and it's really fun they're doing their own team cheers they get like their faces up on the board and that's really cool like they're chanting for these guys um and that was just also like a very cool experience because that also is where I got to see the teams interact with each other a little bit more um and I thought that was really special because these kids maybe they'll see each other in the future maybe they'll never see each other again but they're all sharing in this really awesome unique experience together um but yeah I like can't speak highly enough about the whole experience it was just awesome from start to finish I'm just sitting here hearing all of that and thinking how can Mandy and I get there for next year <laughs> when it's the Nationals and the Phillies because I miss it it's amazing but I want to go back to you mentioned Adley and we've talked about Adley like three weeks in a row on this <laughs> podcast but I want to give him all of the props in the world because not only did he spend so much time with those kids, he also went on the ESPN broadcast for one of the Little League games. He was mic'd up for a bit on the Sunday baseball broadcast. He talked to SportsCenter after the game. I mean, we have all seen enough big leaguers, seen them doing press, all of this. I mean, that is something to really applaud because he just fully threw himself into the day with a smile from start to finish. And of course, you always hope that everybody will. But to see that from a young star in the game, I mean, that to me was the moment that if you didn't know about Adley Rushman, now you know. And now you know that he is here for the future for the next 10 plus years. And he is really an ambassador of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Adley could not have been better with the kids. I mean, he stopped for everybody. He was taking selfies with everybody. He was having kids sign his jersey while he would sign their baseballs or their own t-shirts. And it would just bring a tear to your eye because you're like, this guy is so appreciative of the opportunities that he's had as a major leaguer and he's still just so happy and like grateful to even just be at like the little league complex it just was so he's I, he was awesome he did a, a takeover on the mlb tiktok story as well and he was super awesome at that too and um very fun to work with because he's young he gets how social works so he's he's a great guy i mean you talk about that game and I think there's people out there, I know I especially went through it whenever Cleveland was part of the Little League Classic, but people were asking, okay, so how do I get to go to this game? How can I watch this game? And I know that so many fans wish this was a more public event, but I think that takes away from the uniqueness and the special feel of the event where this is a day about the future of baseball. This is a day about the kids that are just looking up to all of these players. And yeah, it'd be cool if there's more seats in the stands for other people to take part. But I really think that just ruins the idea of what this is about. And so this, this special bond that players have with these little leaguers I mean I remember being there the first year whenever was it Tommy Pham who bought like 200 snow cones for like everybody in the stands and um, Francisco Cervelli was so excited to sit with like the Italian team and they were all getting together um, it's just the the feeling that you get to see this stuff and even if you're only seeing it from a TV screen you hear these stories and it's just like connecting kids from all around the world to what they can possibly be and how this dream that they have is tangible because you're like okay well I'm talking to this guy and he did it so why can't I do it he's from where I'm from why can I do it? Um, I, th I just, I can't say enough about the event. Like you said, um, then in the same way, it's just, it's such a special intimacy between those things. But I, I do have to ask you specifically because you talked about the Hill. Did you take a trip down the Hill yourself? I, 
I did not take a trip down the hill myself. I was quite <laughs> winded when I walked up the hill, and then I was very scared of wiping out going down the hill and having to face the wrath of a bunch of preteens. So I just was mostly watching other people do it. But if I get the chance to go back, I think I will brave up and go down the hill. But for my first Little League Classic, I, w- I was a little nervous. It's daunting. It's really steep. It is not a s- small hill. It is. it is like a valley. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I took a quick trip down the hill. I was lucky, though, because when I was there, it was last year to 2021 when there was no fans allowed at the ballpark because of covid still so i didn't have any really audience so uh i belly flopped a little bit i'm sure there's like still a bruise a year later like right around my abdomen that i got the wind knocked out of me for a second but it's totally worth it because it's the weirdest sled ride you'll ever take um so it's definitely worth it but totally understand why you might have been a little intimidated by that hill because it is painful and it is steep like you said but oh my gosh I I swear we can keep going Sarah I don't know if there's anything else you have I just want to say one more thing you reminded me you know part of why this was such a special one and why we wanted to talk to you Sid is because this is really the first time this event has been this way since 2019 so Mandy just alluded to which reminded me Last year, there were no international teams. It was a very different feel. Obviously, the fan situation, totally different. And then in 2020, there was, of course, no Little League Baseball. And so this is really the first time that this was able to be the way it's supposed to be. So that's why I'm so glad you got to be there for this one and just really witness the entire atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like you mentioned, the international teams being able to be there this year was really, really awesome. There were so many interactions, um, like Sawamura from the Red Sox was hanging out with Team Japan before the game. Xander was with the Caribbean team. Um, Kike, like I mentioned earlier, is with Team Puerto Rico. Alex Verdugo is hanging out with the Mexican team. Like, there was just so much interaction and, like, culture at the Little League World Series and the Little League Classic that you just don't really get anywhere else. And that's really what I think makes the event so special. Sydney, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to let you go because if we don't right now, I swear it'll look down at our watch and we'll be like seven hours into this and we'll still be just as giddy. So thank you so much for joining us. We are so honored to have you on here. We were so excited to be able to talk about our favorite topic ever. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I could talk about this event probably for the next, (laughs) the rest of my life. So (laughs) thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Sarah, you stay here, though. I'm not letting you go yet because we have to pick our favorite moments from the week. And I think from this segment, everyone knows that we're going to have a lot to go through coming up. So uh, stay with us. We'll figure out what we want to have as our favorite moment from this week in baseball when we come back. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast with me, Mandy Bell, Guardians beat reporter from LB.com, and Sarah Langs, researcher and reporter from LB.com as well. And Sarah, that was awesome. That was so nice to be able to talk to Sydney, who was there. It's so fun to be able to get a first-person perspective of what that event is. I know we were dying yesterday texting um, at the time that we were recording this yesterday was the day the event happened. And we were like, why aren't we there? Can we just like hop in our cars and get there? Because my game was rained out. It's like, we can get there, right? Let's just do it. Let's just go. Um, It was just, oh, gosh, I can't say enough good things about it. So much fun. I'm so glad we got to talk to her. 
Yeah, that was amazing. And, you know, I love that uh, our listeners got to hear someone who was kind of behind the scenes, even more so than what you and I do. You know, there's so many awesome people on the MLB social team, like Sydney, who work so tirelessly to bring you all of this stuff that goes viral constantly. And we get to work with them, you know, the content team, which Mandy and I are part of, work hand in hand with them, but they do an amazing job. So, you know, I just wanted to, uh, wanted to get her some shine as well. So this was just amazing on so many levels. Okay, well, now I need to know what your favorite moment in baseball is because I was afraid we were going to have the same one, and you're like, I don't think so because I'm not going Little League, so I'm sorry, something other than Little League happened this week, so go ahead and tell me because I'm anxious to hear. So uh, there was this tweet that I saw. It was a post-game quote after Saturday night when I believe the Braves won on a walk-off. I'm going to double-check that as I talk. But it was a tweet of a uh, quote that Travis Darnot gave to the reporters after the game. And he was talking about rookie Vaughn Grissom, who I don't think we've talked about yet, but who came up a couple of weeks ago. It was a walk-off on Saturday. Sorry, I had to know. Um, And uh, Vaughn Grissom came up. He had his first ground run at Fenway Park. I mean, he has really brought energy in the same way that Michael Harris II, who we did talk about a bit, has done. And Travis Darnot was asked about Von Grissom. And he said this, he's bringing a lot of people energy and laughs. I don't know if he does it intentionally sometimes, but he gets everybody to laugh super hard the whole day from when he walks in till he leaves. So he's fit right in here. I loved the, I don't know if he's doing it intentionally. Somehow that was just so endearing. And if you watch a Braves game, you see Vaughn Grissom sitting in the dugout, talking to the guys between innings, and you see that energy that Darno is talking about. And, you know, we have spent so much time talking about young stars, Adley Rutschman, so on and so forth. And this is another guy who is on his way toward being that. But I just love the way that uh, he said, I don't know if he's trying to make us laugh, but he does. I thought that was so fun. It's such a pure way of saying that. I really, really like that one. Um, okay, I guess that's acceptable to go away from Little League for that. I, I approve, but um, can I can I cheat a little bit? Can I? Yeah, can I, because can I... I have a second one after you're done. So. Okay. Well, I'm cheating and making it one, but it's like seven. So. Um, Good. It's like the Orioles' experience at Little League. That is my whole thing because. I've seen multiple teams go through this now. I've covered a couple and everyone loves it. Everyone raves about it. I've never heard a bad thing other than maybe they're a little tired afterwards just because it is a day trip and it's a long day. Outside of that, I have not heard one bad thing across baseball about this thing because it's just the best place on the planet. But I really don't think any team has thoroughly enjoyed the experience as much as the Orioles did at this event this year and it was so fun to watch them from start to finish watching these clips pop up on social media i mean it started with was it dylan tate who got off the bus and was like hey which which one of you guys pitched to be able to get into this whoever who pitched in the game that won it um to advance to this and the guy raised his hand and he said here can you sign my hat and it's like the big leaguer asking the little leaguer to autograph his hat. Oh my gosh. One goosebumps. Absolutely love that. I thought that was absolutely incredible. Um, and I think the Orioles tweeted it out and said, Dylan Tate meets his new favorite player with like the crying emoji. Um, he shook his hand. The kid was so excited and was blindsided by the fact that a big leaguer was rooting for him. He said, Oh, I watched you. You pitched so well. That was awesome. Um, to think of that core memory for that 
that kid now. He's going to take that with him. That could be enough to just drive him to be like, I'm going to play baseball forever. I am going to be able to accomplish whatever I want because a big leaguer said I pitched really well in a huge game and he wanted my autograph. I'm sorry. That stuff. uh, Love that. Absolutely love that. But the entire day, I know we talked about Adley Rutschman with um, Sydney and he just, he couldn't have had more fun going down the hill. He was having a blast. All of those uh, videos of him really just taking in that whole experience. That was enjoyable to watch. It was fun for me to see um, who, who was it? Was it Felix Batista who was out on the, on the mound? And there was a little kid who was, uh, in the front row and pitching ninja showed the little kid's face after watching the break on one of his pitches. Oh my gosh. And the little kid had this, like, it was like the emoji where it's the shocked with the eyes. And then like the mouth is just like a little circle where it's just open, like not sure what just happened. He pitching ninja zoomed in on his face and was like, look at his reaction. And he couldn't believe it. And that's going back to our conversation of saying like, so many of these kids will never get to a big league game and they've never been. And like, this is their opportunity. And to see the excitement and it's like, okay, I play this game. I know what you're doing and you're doing it at such an elite level. Did you guys just see him do that? It's like this bonding moment in a way because he knows what is going on in the game. He plays the same game and he can just see it being taken to that next level and seeing his uh, hilarious reaction to it like, oh my gosh, did you see that? Absolutely thought that was incredible as well. And I, I mean, I could I could keep going on and on about it. I, and Cedric Mullins, can you can anyone talk about how cute his little league picture was? Oh my gosh, so adorable! They put that up all their smile. little league picture. I know. I they put all the pictures up side by side. I, I think the Orioles just absolutely had the best experience that I have seen, and it makes it more fun because this team is so fun this year. Everyone's really excited about them. They're upsetting a lot of people, so of course they're going to be in better moods than a team that might not be in the best spot or where they could have been. But they just took this day and ran with it, and it just makes my heart so happy because I want everyone to love it as much as I do, and it really seemed like they loved their experience. So thanks for letting me cheat a little bit because that whole day watching them there was just so fun. Of course, and I will say, one the Red Sox side that really stood out to me was that Alex Gora, the manager of the Red Sox, got to talk to the team Puerto Rico. And he is such a proud, proud Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. And being from where he is in Caguas, Puerto Rico, all this means so much to him. And his father, who passed away when he was young, when Alex was young, was instrumental in bringing Little League to his area when he was young. And so for him to be able, he talked on baseball tonight about being able to speak to the team. This is the first year that Puerto Rico, I believe, is its own region, as opposed to part of the Caribbean region. So this was the first year that they had Puerto Rico across their chest, as opposed to saying Caribbean. And he talked to them about how much that means. And I just think for him, knowing how much pride he has, and knowing how great of a people person he is, the fact that he was able to have that moment with that team, to me, that was such an incredible, that's why this is so amazing. It's not just the amazing viral moments, but it's also the fact that these are meaningful moments. It's not just five seconds on amazing video, which we love, but it's the fact that these kids will have these moments in their minds for the rest of their lives. It's, I cannot say it enough. It is the best event out there. It just is. There, It's just fact. I'm not even been expressing an opinion. It's just fact. I'm sorry. It's so great. Um, everything that we said, everything that you just said, all of it is why. And I... I promise you, if we don't end this right now, I can just go on rants and rants and think back on all of the stories. I have one more thing. It was going to be my moment, and it's too personal, so I didn't, but I still want to mention it. 
So for those who don't know, which is probably everybody here except Mandy and my parents who are listening, the only thing I do other than baseball, at least during the baseball season, is I do the New York Times crossword every day. I know where this is going. And on Saturday, I'm doing the crossword, and the first one I get is an across in the lower left-hand part of the grid, and it's MLB star Juan. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Juan Soto is in the crossword. Juan Soto is my favorite player to watch in baseball. He is the best hitter in baseball, and it was such an exciting <laughs> moment. I screenshot I sent it to a bunch of people, and then I'm doing the Sunday crossword the next day, and <laughs> there's another across clip on the right portion of the grid, and it says, like, MLB star Juan, nicknamed the Childish Bambino, and it's Juan Soto again. Juan Soto was in back-to-back crosswords, and I'm inclined to think it was just for me, so I just had to mention that. You got down to the detail of where the clues were located. (laughs) I mean, guys, uh, anyone out there, find someone who loves you as much as Sarah Langs loves the New York Times crossword puzzle. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Um, Love that. I'm... Obviously, I was stoked for you because I don't relate, but I know you, I know how crazy you are, and I know how exciting both of those moments were, especially with all the exclamation points in each of the texts about them. Definitely understood it, so I was very pumped for you, and I'm glad that you were able to express that out here. Um, So if anyone didn't figure that out, just don't let Sarah know that you didn't know the answer to that clue or it'll break her heart, but... Okay, we've had a lot of great moments in baseball this week. That's probably our longest segment about this ever. So let's wrap. And uh, I think that'll be it for this week's podcast. Please don't miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying this show, which we hope you are, uh, and you have any suggestions for us, please leave us a rating and a review. Thank you, as always, for listening to Ballpark Dimensions. And thank you to Sydney Wolf for joining us and talking to us about the Little League Classic. We'll catch you guys all next week.